Welcome to the Three Questions Podcast. We take questions from our church family and do our best to answer them from a biblical worldview. All of us have the privilege to serve the Lord's Church here locally at Southern Hills Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. Doug Melton is our lead pastor. Randy Woodall is our pastor of missions and evangelism. Jeremy Johnson is our pastor of media and community outreach. My name is Daniel Snow, and I get to be pastor of discipleship and young adults. And we love the questions. Um, I will say this will be our last episode for this spring. We'll take a break for the summer, but you can keep sending questions in. And the ways you can do that are you can go to the website, myshbc.com slash contact, or you can email three questions podcast at that same website, myshbc.com. And that's with the number three at the front. Or you can text 505-258-2076. All the questions will be kept anonymous. And guys, this is our last one for summer break. And see, it was such a good day starting off. And then it just... <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> I was just sitting here imagining, sitting on a beach on vacation and thinking, can I come up with a question for Three Questions podcast? Hey, listen. Mail in to Daniel. For our listeners for this fall, Brother Jeremy, uh, I think a t-shirt three questions podcast oh, man yeah those would sell like hotcakes oh, well or give them oh, really generosity yeah. that's oh, yeah. right if you're if you've been a listener or if you'd like to come in and sit and and watch it live we'll, oh. we'll, i mean there's lots <laughs> of things we're gonna do the audience. Yeah. <laughs> wait you mean all that applause at the end isn't live <laughs> well it I'm, is for me <laughs> i'm a little <laughs> nervous about the hecklers uh, that might be involved in that that's right I, I love the idea of a Greg Steele. I'm sure we would sell. <laughs> t-shirts would be a great idea. I'm sure we'd sell a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can think of at least four people that might be interested. I could too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're all in this room. Yeah, we're right here. <laughs> It'll get tens and tens of views. You remember yeah. that insurance course? Absolutely. Tens and tens. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, moving on. Our first question today has to do with the Sabbath, and it says this, or here's how the question states. Weekends are typically two days of leisure, leisure break from work and or school. Exodus 20, verse 8, tells us to keep the Sabbath holy. In Isaiah 58, 13, and 14, God promises wayward Israel blessings if they will again honor this holy day and seek God. Are we honoring the Sabbath and keeping it holy by coming to church and recreating the rest of the day? Or should we have additional intentional acts or focuses for ourselves and our family on Sunday to keep a focus on honoring our Lord and recognizing the holiness of the day? Guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm almost positive Sabbath is an English rendering of a Hebrew word. I would love to hear what Randy has to say about this. Pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> Randy, I see your hand. <laughs> you are absolutely correct, Pastor Doug. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Uh, no, you're, you're, you're right. A Sabbath is a Hebrew rendering of, or the English rendering of the Hebrew word Shabbat. And, uh, and all of those roots come from the idea of seven. You know, seventh day, Shabbat represents mm. seven. Uh, but it also represents the idea of rest. You know, we, use the, we hear the word Shevet, which means to sit or to, uh, to be still mm. with somebody. And so that all of those 
kind of come together. So we have, you know, a seventh year jubilee, uh, seven sevens of and and uh, the uh, Pentecost and and week of, uh, of of booths and all those things. You know, we have all these seven seven sevens that hold together in that. But the idea of Shabbat or Sabbath as a day goes all the way back to the New Testament, actually to creation, where God created in six, and it says, and on the seventh, he ceased from his from his creation, and, and he, 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 he Shabbated, he yeah. seventh. Yeah, which there. is such a key understanding for the whole rest of it. It's not that he slept, no, because our God neither sleeps nor slumbers. And it's not that he was tired That's right. and needed a rest. It was that he paused from his creative activity. Yeah. And one of the interesting things is that that I, that uh, he paused after creating man. You know, man was the crowning jewel of creation, and so we also get this idea of them of the pause being them together, God with yeah. his creation yeah. together. And so all of creation has that woven in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we go back and and to answer the the the, the viewer, the listener's question, uh, we look at, at what was intended then when God called his people out and when God is forming Israel into a people, his holy people. And remember, not to separate them from humanity, but to lift them up as a light to the rest of humanity. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea was, remember the Sabbath for the purpose of keeping it holy. You know. Now, So I think we can err if we see Sabbath just as a day to stop working, uh, that is included in it, but the idea is to keep it holy. It says God stopped from his labors and rested, which is a different Hebrew word. It's the word nuach, and it and it's like it actually same word used when it says the ark came to rest on Mount Ararat. It's mm-hmm. that idea of of being still, and so when you couple the idea of no work being still and setting it apart as holy, as sanctified, mm-hmm. then I do think what the what the listener's getting at is is right. That the, the Sabbath day isn't God saying, okay, you've worked hard for six days, now y'all just go cut loose and have fun today. It's a work for six days, but there has to be a day. There has to be a day in our lives. God created us for it. We need it where we are intentionally looking to to, to, to glorify him, to be in, to take time to be with him in an uninterrupted way, in a, in a more focused uh, attention on, on who God is and our relationship with him. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and with that, we, we take from the New Testament that, again, it seems like it's basically a rest from regular work and a gathering of the local church for the purpose of gathered mm-hmm. worship. I mean, we, we've talked about this before. We, we worship the Lord, have opportunity to worship the Lord every day in many, many ways. We are called to come together on a weekly basis, and, and, and it gives us that opportunity. Now, with those two things in mind, rest from regular work, which is an act of faith, by the way. I mean, I think that goes all the way back to the Old Testament as well. For them to rest from regular work said, Lord, I trust you that even though I'm not going to try to get income today, it's going to be okay. Right. Um, or even the idea of making sure on Saturday you gathered 
two days worth mm-hmm. of manna because it wasn't going to fall on the Sabbath. Right, mm-hmm. right. But with those things in place, I think then, it, going back to the person's question, rest from regular work and gathered local church worship. Um, we need to, where the New Testament gives us those kinds of boundaries, we need to practice those. And then where the, the New Testament gives us room for Christian freedom, we should practice that with generosity and grace towards those that might have different convictions. And so if someone does feel like, yeah, we also need to, that, that needs to be our family devotion day, or that needs, to, we need to do some other intentional things. That's great. I mean, I'm definitely not going to knock that at all, but I don't know that we could say that is also a New Testament regulation. Mm-hmm. For six days, our focus uh, is uh, at times on our work, and that's a good thing because God gave man work mm-hmm. and, and woman and work in the, in the garden. Okay. And so for that, on that seventh day, instead of our focus being on work, we, the scripture calls us for our focus to be solely on the Lord mm-hmm. on that day. Agreed. Right? I, I think you're exactly right. In those six days, like I said, we're focused on our work and on our families, you know, and so I do think there's, uh, can be a danger to think that that seventh day is supposed to be a day to focus on our family. I think it's a day to worship with our family, with our family of faith in the church, with our, our family, um, our blood family. Uh, and so, but I think you're exactly right. I think um, what Israel was so often judged for was that they took their focus off of God on, on the, on the uh, Sabbath, on Shabbat. They became legalistic. They were more focused on, um, on what, who was doing what and who wasn't doing what. And their focus wasn't on being sanctified and holy and, be, and, and glorifying their creator. That's good. Because I, th- I think it's important, guys, for us to understand it's the heart focus that, that, that God is looking at there. Um, sometimes we, we may hear a person say, uh, we invite him to church. Well, Sunday's my only day to sleep in. And but it is the heart's focus on this is I'm doing this for the Lord that that mm-hmm. this day is for the Lord which would include worship of the Lord mm-hmm. and and man I can understand whenever someone's working every day of the week Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday man just to have an opportunity I, I get that but we've got to we, we've got to remember that the Lord is looking at the heart am I Am I taking the day to focus in on the Lord and his creation of, of me and his enabling of me to do everything that, that I do? God gives me the power to do that. And so I need to make sure that on this day there is time set aside for worship. It's good. Does that, yeah. does that help, guys? Is yeah. That, I think absolutely. Good. Yeah, I think that's good. And recognizing that it's not a burdensome command, it's a gift. This is something God built into us that we that that not only do we need, but it nurtures us. It makes us whole to to have this time with God. We need it as much as we need time with our wives, with our children, with others. We we need time with the Lord. 
And and let's add one more thing. And again, it woven into creation because even the ground, if if you continually work the ground over and over Mm -hmm. and over again, it ceases to yield. Yeah, that is so interesting. Yeah, that is really neat how God paints those pictures. Well, like Nathan Coates points out a lot, God paints these pictures in creation. Uh, for us to learn from. Okay. Nathan says that? I know. Nathan says a good <laughs> wow. thing once in a while. I need to listen to him more often. <laughs> it's our first Nathan shout out. That's right. <laughs> Way to go, Nathan. <laughs> and, and it was sarcastic all the way. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Question number two. In Hebrews 11, Samson is mentioned amongst men of great faith. But when I think of Samson, I see a life of constant disobedience to God's commands. What would you think of Samson if you met him today? What can we learn from his life? For those in Christ, we will get to meet Samson someday, and I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. I suspect it will be a much more humble Samson (laughs) (laughs) that we get to meet in heaven. And isn't it interesting that, uh, again, the scripture is real. This was a real individual. This is not a mythical or legendary superhuman superhero uh, it, not at all. As a matter of fact, we do see the flaws because Scripture allows us to see that, that someone who is in the hall of faith was such a flawed individual. Absolutely, and I'm thankful for that. I, I truly am because uh, I do believe that, that the, the whole story of Samson is so elaborately laid out for us because most of us, see a lot more of of us in Samson than we see like in Samuel. Uh, You know, we see ourselves as flawed. And the fact that Samson, who so often was a bully, he was selfish, uh, he was, um, you know, short-sighted and, Mm -hmm. and, 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 and very demanding. Right. And yet, and, and, and let's point out Samson's life wasn't a joy-filled life. I mean, his whole life was a life of battle, of bloodshed, of deceit, of of deception, uh, him de- being deceived and deceiving. Yeah. And so, you know, there's not much in Samson's life that I would say, "Ooh, I want to. I'd like to be like him," other than the fact that. In he could tear down of, a building. He could tear, yeah, 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 there <laughs> are a lot of times when you're having to move those bags the job of cement. Oh, man, I'd like to have that. Sandy uh, says, let's take out this wall. And Randy says, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> Give me a job of don't a donkey. You, that's right. Don't that's you need right. some tools? <laughs> no, no, I'll can, be fine. Can I borrow your hairnet? I mean, uh, you know. Uh, but, but, you know, we, we see so many of his flaws, but at the same time, we see that God was able to use him uh, for 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 God's ultimate glory, and so that's, I find a lot of personal hope in that. That in spite of my errors and flaws, that God can still use us. Yeah, um, the question asks, what would you say to Samson, or what would you think of Samson um, if you met him today? I th- I think I would think. Uh, this guy needs some discipling. I think he needs someone to walk <laughs> alongside him. And and I, obviously that's a two-way street. He's got to be willing to want it and to take it. But, but and yeah. And you're going to state that in a very gentle yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, Are we going to say that to us? It's okay if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> don't take this wrong, Samson. <laughs> I think you Samson, need to put, put down the jawbone and let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I do. You know, we see 
him with a lack of someone or, or maybe a lack on his part of being willing for someone to pour into him who has some wisdom and has some guidance on those issues of humility and, and all of that. But we also do see that he is apparently a work in progress um, because even as we see him in his dying act, which is really a, an act of sacrificial faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think we see maybe a, we are seeing a change in him in that moment. And, um, and so he is this work in progress. And like, um, like some people have, have said before, you know, God can hit a, a straight lick with a crooked stick. And I think Samson's a great example of that. And thankfully we all are. An was, it, was that, that. rough in that? That so is, that, yes. That's roughenism. definitely a roughenism. Yeah. All right, a double shout out, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's true. And and Samson is a good example of that. And and really, we do all have to look at ourselves and say, yeah, thankfully he can hit a straight lick with me. Right. Too. And I think Randy is so right. We really need to see ourselves in, in Samson because uh, in many ways, there's a lot of areas that I'm on again and off again. Mm-hmm. We, we see that in Samson. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good intentions sometimes just don't hit it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I think all of us run that risk of, of letting pride get ahead of us. And whether our pride, like in Samson's case, was from his great physical strength, whether it's from uh, our financial resources, whether it's because we happen to be able to score really well on SATs and school exams, all of us will find things in our lives to feel, to, to want to be proud of. And if we let that pride uh, turn into just arrogance, you know, I mean, when we, we all know what scripture teaches us about the dangers of pride, and we see that really lived out in Samson's life. And, uh, and God has a way of humbling the proud and we uh that's it's usually not a pleasant pathway uh, yeah. uh, that, that brings that about and so i think uh, i think most of us would not enjoy meeting the samson of the old testament personally but i'm like him for i'm looking forward to getting to meet him in heaven and hear hear his grace story yeah, and you know the only other thing I would add in our society, there's so much emphasis on physical strength. You know, working out and Bowflex and every and, and <laughs> oh, and I, I, I see that in you, Doug. I set I the ball that, on the tee there. I didn't see I? that in you Thank every you. day. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Bowflex. <laughs> I was the first one that came to mind. Jazzercise <laughs> is really making a big comeback. <laughs> Sweating to the oldies. <laughs> 4.30, Jezzercise. <laughs> Self-loathing. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. All right. <laughs> and then we see Ephesians 3.14, which we were talking about in yesterday morning. For this reason, I bow before the Father that I pray that according to his glorious riches, he would strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. And, yeah. and yes, yeah. we do want our kids to grow up, to be strong and all that. But really, the prayer for inner strength is far more important than, than the physical strength. That's right. And, and what's really cool from what you just said, that even goes back to what we were just talking about, about the Sabbath. Yeah. The, sometimes we think that uh, we may be tempted to put as much time, energy, focus, money, everything else into helping our kids become better athletes, better mm-hmm. students, better 
and, and we lose sight of the fact that the most important thing is helping them become better followers of Christ. Right, right. Man, that's, that is good. Okay, super helpful. Last question. Um, is So a couple of weeks ago, we had a question regarding um, fertility treatments and fertility methods. And this is kind of the flip side of that same coin. Uh, what birth control methods are ethical and unethical? And um, I'm going to go ahead and just say, here's kind of the basic parameters, ethical parameters that we would say biblically. And then there's a couple of things I know I would like to say in addition to that. One, okay, so um, anything that prevents fertilization of an egg uh, or the formation of an embryo or what we could say is conception, anything that prevents conception from taking place um, is permissible, ethical within marriage, whether that be natural family planning or what might be called the rhythm method, birth control pill, condom, spermicides, diaphragms, sterilization, those kinds of things that keep a sperm from ever fertilizing an egg. Okay, and then, but then anything that intentionally eliminates or terminates or discards a fertilized egg or an embryo is not permissible and is unethical. So these would be things like the morning after pill or IUDs or things like that because that is actually terminating a fertilized egg, an embryo, and, and that is a life. And so, um, so, so those would be, I think, the basic ethical parameters. And, and, and definitely this is an area where, like fertility treatments, there is room for, within those parameters of what is, I would say, ethical, um, there is room for personal conviction and Christian freedom like Romans 14 talks about within those parameters. And so there may be different couples that, that feel differently about some of those different methods and that's, that's okay. Um, they can be gracious towards other couples that, that may fall differently within those parameters. But, but I would also say that sometimes married couples have been using these abortifacient methods unknowingly. And so we need to be gracious and patient with one another, but we do also want to be honest and clear so that, and I would say this especially as pastors, but I would say as believers, period, we want to be honest and clear with one another so that couples can make informed, wise, ethical decisions. Boy, that's so good, Daniel. That's a great foundation from us to start working from. The ultimate question, because a lot of times couples ask, so am I not being a person of faith mm -hmm. when I use, and and there are other things that we do. We take uh, aspirin at times to try to prevent a, a headache, mm -hmm. and that does not mean that I'm putting my hope or my confidence is not in medicine Mm -hmm. or in any man-made thing, my hope is in the Lord. And and so what, let's always make sure that that's our ultimate. Our confidence is in the Lord. It's not in any prescription that I've been given mm -hmm. or any any method. We're putting our, we're placing our, our trust in the Lord. Lord, we want your will to be done. And, and that does not mean that a person cannot then use medicine or things to try to, prevent right 
And I think right. we and, and I think that's a great point that you brought out because we need we remember scripture also teaches us God's the creator of life. Remember, mm-hmm. he he even teaches us that before conception, he knows he he knows us uh, and has and has plans for us, has yeah. purposes for us. And so we need to re- recognize that uh, just a reminder that that no birth control method is a hundred percent. I mean, uh, right. that, that we may try th- and, and you do things to hopefully, uh, if, if somebody is trying to not be become pregnant, uh, to stop it. But, but we all know cases where Absolutely. people have gone even to the extremes of sterilization mm-hmm. and then still yep. gotten pregnant. Yep. And so please remember that, you know, that, that it's God, God is the giver of life. Children mm-hmm. are a heritage and a gift from the Lord. Amen. And, and he gives, and, and he can still give, even if you're uh, trying using contraception methods. I do think there are a couple of things, a couple of uh, points to bring out. One is even abstinence, which mm-hmm. may be the only sure way uh, to, to not conceive. Yeah. But First Corinthians gives us, the Bible gives us very strict guidelines on that, that abstinence is only when both parties are in agreement for very short prescribed periods of time and scripture says for the purpose of prayer and personal holiness. Right. And so, uh, you know, the gift of sex was given to married couples and it's not to just be pushed. It's not solely for procreation. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it's there for us uh, to, to take a part of and not to withhold for fear of becoming of becoming pregnant. Right. Uh, the other thing we re- we also remember the Bible story of Onan, who's back at the had back at the Old Testament had the principle that if a if a husband died before having a child, a brother was to have a child with the widow so that she would have an mm-hmm. heir and, and continued inheritance in the family. And one brother would not do it. He mm-hmm. would not. He uh, he would not fulfill the act, and he was judged. He died because of that. So, and I, and I think that he wasn't specifically judged because of the act, but I think because of his selfish nature. Mm -hmm. And so we also need to examine our reasons for why are we wanting to practice contraception? Is it a, is it selfish? Is it a, is it a, because I don't want this to mess up my plans or my life or I, you know, we need to look at those uh, goals, those purposes in why we practice anything uh, but especially this uh, and is, is is my goal to glorify God to let God be glorified in me in my body in my family or is it is yeah. it something a little more selfish in, in nature yeah and and just to be totally clear all of these things we've just discussed are within the parameters of marriage is what we've Definitely. been talking about it is and not to allow for a promiscuous lifestyle right. outside of marriage that's right, right. That's right the marriage of a man and a woman for life. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, so last, last episode of this season, want to say a huge thanks to Jeremy Johnson for producing this podcast over and over and over again. And, uh, thank you guys who make time to listen to it wherever you are. Remember that you can always subscribe or rate or share, and that might even help someone else find it. And until next time, please remember that the God of the Bible is never surprised or offended by our honest questions.